Memphis Media Networks. This is America's First News. This morning with your host, Gordon Deal. Dick Cheney in heels. Good morning, I'm Gordon Deal, along with Jennifer Koshenka on this Thursday, November 9th. Glad you could be with us. Here's what we have for you this hour. The Republican presidential candidates chasing Donald Trump took shots at each other during the latest debate. Nikki Haley was the target. Your evenings of watching reruns may be over. Hollywood actors have reached a deal with studios and streamers to end their strike. To expand its health care business, Amazon will offer a low-cost membership to One Medical, a primary care company it purchased this year. And the disruptions for visitors in Las Vegas as the city prepares to host a Formula One race next weekend. Down the strip, it's not on a dedicated racetrack. It's it's actually driving through the streets of Vegas. It's going to drive down the art of the strip, Las Vegas Boulevard, and a lot of the side streets. And so there's been repaving work, construction work to set up lighting structures, grandstands, all that good stuff. Jacob Passy at the Wall Street Journal on why now is a bad time to visit Sin City. Trying to slow her recent momentum, Republican presidential candidates went after Nikki Haley, the former South Carolina governor, who is now tied for second place in at least one poll in Iowa, but well behind frontrunner Donald Trump. They debated last night in Miami on NBC, referencing growing isolationism in the GOP. Entrepreneur Vivek Ramaswamy took a shot at Ms. Haley and Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. Do you want a leader from a different generation who's going to put this country first? Or do you want Dick Cheney in three-inch heels? Ms. Haley fired back saying they're five-inch heels. On abortion, South Carolina Senator Tim Scott challenged Haley and DeSantis to, quote, join me in a 15-week limit at the national level. Ms. Haley on Iran-backed proxies launching strikes on U.S. troops in the Middle East. We need to go and take out their infrastructure that they are using to make those strikes with so they can never do it again. Iran responds to strength. You punch them one and you punch them hard and they will back off. As his challengers debated, former President Trump spoke to supporters at a rally in nearby Hialeah, the third debate that he has skipped. The Department of Defense says it's launched an airstrike on a weapons facility used by an Iranian group in eastern Syria. It's the second such response in two weeks after a wave of drone and rocket attacks on U.S. troops based in Iraq and Syria. We get more from this morning's Mike Gavin. The Pentagon calls it a precision self-defense strike on the facility it claims is used by Iran's Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps and affiliated groups. No video has been released from the F-15 fighter jets. Hours before the strike yesterday, the U.S. was investigating two suspected attacks in Iraq, one on Americans at a base and at the U.S. embassy in Baghdad. Separately, Houthi rebels in Yemen, backed by Iran, shot down an unmanned U.S. military drone yesterday, an MQ-9 Reaper. The drone landed in the Red Sea near where it was operating. Gordon. Thank you, Mike. Two weeks ago, the Pentagon said it struck another weapons and ammunition storage facility in Syria near the border with Iraq. The Pentagon has faced repeated questions about whether deterrence against Iran and its proxies is working because the attacks have only increased. Authorities in Egypt say talks to get Hamas to release up to 15 hostages have stalled. As part of that, Qatar and Egypt have failed to obtain assurances from the U.S. and Israel to accept a humanitarian pause in the current fighting in Gaza. Separately, Israeli forces and Hamas militants appear to be battling at close range in Gaza City as thousands of civilians fled south yesterday to avoid being trapped in the heart of the conflict. U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken. 
Israel has repeatedly told us that there is no going back to October 6th before the barbaric attacks by Hamas. We fully agree. As we work with Israel to ensure this, we also are working in the region to deter broader threats to our partners and to our friends. Reuters says Israeli tanks have met heavy resistance from Hamas fighters using underground tunnels to stage ambushes. Israel struck Gaza in response to terror attacks last month in which Israel says 1,400 people were killed and 240 hostages were taken. Palestinian officials said that more than 10,000 of its people had been killed as of Wednesday. Dell's Black Friday event is their biggest sale of the year. Shop limited time deals on laptops like the stylish, innovative XPS 13, engineered to do it all on the Intel Evo platform. Plus, save big on ultra-sharp monitors and top brand accessories. Shop now at dell.com slash deals to take advantage of huge savings and free shipping. Again, that's dell.com slash deals. Thanks for spending time with us and welcome into Thursday. There's little doubt that Donald Trump has benefited from skipping the Republican presidential debates, at least so far. He held a rally in Hialeah last night near where the debate was happening in South Florida. 2024 is our final battle. Stand with me in the fight. We will finish the job that we started so brilliantly seven years ago. We never had a country like we had just three years ago. David Jackson, national political correspondent at USA Today, says the price for ignoring upcoming face-offs in Iowa and New Hampshire has yet to be calculated. David, explain. I mean, there's no doubt that skipping the, these first three debates has benefited him politically. His his numbers are slightly up, and there's just no evidence that he's taken any kind of hit for for these snubs. The only question at this point is whether they will hurt him in future debates because they will be held closer to people actually voting. We're expecting an Iowa debate, for example, and a New Hampshire debate. And if he skips those, will he be able to get away with it? I think you pointed out, too, there's a chance that the Republican field or the number of candidates who qualify for those debates could right. be lower. That could be a bad look? I would think so. Yeah, it would make it harder for Trump to skip them. Um, you know, each debate we've had, the uh, qualifications have increased in terms of uh, number of donors and poll standing. So we've only got five uh, Republican rivals at this debate here in Miami. So that number is liable to be chopped down by the time we get to, to Iowa in early January. Explain what polling tells us right now about uh, Trump's lead in the GOP field. <laughs> it's historic. I mean, he's he's leading by 30 and 40 points in some polls, both nationally and in some state polls. So it's we've never we've never really seen anything like it. He is just an overwhelming favorite for the nomination as we sit here today, and there's never been anything quite like it. So if if he's going to get caught, it's, it would be it would take a historic collapse and a historic comeback by somebody. All right. So speaking of history, you referenced uh, what eight years ago in Iowa where he lost right to to Ted Cruz. That's right. Yeah, people forget that. Yeah, Trump actually lost the uh, Iowa caucuses in 2016, and part of the reason for that was that he skipped a debate that was held like a week before people actually voted. And I, I, there's a lot of evidence that, that actually damaged him. So, uh, some obviously some of Trump's opponents are looking are looking for a, re- a repeat uh, in January. Yeah. We're speaking with David Jackson, national political correspondent at USA Today. His piece is called Donald Trump has skipped another Republican debate. Is that a risky move in crucial primary states? Because as you point out, somebody like a Nikki Haley, for example, does better in some of this individual state polling than, than the broader stuff, right? 
Right, yeah. And, uh, I think state polling may be a better gauge at this point because, especially in Iowa and New Hampshire, because those people are actually going to vote in January. And Haley's been the one that really, I think, has also benefited from the actual debates. I mean, it's this, she, her standing has definitely improved since the first debate on August 23rd. So she's an interesting figure to watch because the, 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 these debates have vaulted her into, into semi-contention. Yeah. And it's true, too, that uh, Mr. Trump is actually calling on the Republican National Committee to cancel remaining yeah. debates? Yes, he has, yes. After, it began right after the second debate, which was at the Reagan Library in California. He and his people said, this should be the last debate. We shouldn't have him anymore. We should instead rally around Trump. Uh, I, I wouldn't expect that to happen because some rivals think, believe they can catch him. But I think part of that call to end the debates is that Trump is very concerned about whether he can afford to skip the Iowa and New Hampshire debates. And he really wants to forestall that decision by not having them in the first place. All right. What about uh, December 6th? We've got uh, a debate in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. What's he do then, or is it too early to, to decide? I seriously doubt they're going to be doing it. You know, we, the originally there was talk about having the Alabama debate here tonight. The, the, tonight's debate was supposed to be in Alabama, but there was some kind of problem down there, and uh, I think NBC really wanted to do it in Miami, so they made the switch, and here we are in Miami. But the, they went ahead and decided to give Alabama a debate anyway. Uh, Trump made clear that he, he did, had no plans to go to Tuscaloosa. Unlike past campaigns, there just really seems to be no reason for him to go, right? I, I presume he'd be attacked on all fronts for his legal issues, for one, which wouldn't have been an issue for many other candidates in previous debates. Right. No, this it's true. I mean, you, when you're the front runner, you're vulnerable because you're always going to be the target. But, you know, he had big poll leads in 2016, and he did most of the debates. He did them right through the Florida primary. And after he won that one, then he then he decided he wasn't going to go to any more debates, that it was time to consolidate around him. Now he's trying to make that move before anybody else votes. And it's, it's quite a bit different than the situation eight years ago. But as I say, so far he's gotten away with it. All right. Thanks, David. David Jackson, national political correspondent at USA Today. Here's Jennifer Koshenka. And now, the three big things you need to know. Number one. Your favorite shows are on their way back. Striking Hollywood actors have reached a tentative agreement with major studios and streamers that could clear the way for the entertainment industry to restart content after six months of labor disputes. SAG-AFTRA says its TV and theatrical committee approved an agreement with the Alliance of Motion Pictures and Television Producers in a unanimous vote yesterday. Duncan Crabtree Ireland was chief negotiator for the Actors Union. While it's true that our board will be reviewing this and the deal will go out to our membership for ratification in a process that will take at least several weeks, uh, there's nothing holding the industry back from moving forward with production immediately. The agreement follows weeks of tense negotiations. Number two. In their first debate since the start of the Israel-Hamas war, the Republican presidential candidates all declared hawkish support for Israel, but squabbled over China and Ukraine. Nikki Haley criticized Vivek Ramaswamy for not supporting U.S. aid to Ukraine. Putin and President Xi are salivating at the thought that someone like that could become president. They would love to. All five candidates face growing urgency with the leadoff Iowa caucuses just a little more than two months away to cut into Donald Trump's huge margins in the 2024 primary and establish themselves as a clear alternative. Number three. With a suspect behind bars in connection with last month's stabbing death of Jewish community leader Samantha Wall, investigators are working against the clock to bring murder charges before they legally must release the detainee. Detroit Police Chief James White announced the arrest yesterday afternoon. The suspect, who was arrested Tuesday night in Kalamazoo, has not been identified. 
Police say Wall left a wedding shortly after midnight on October 21st and was later stabbed inside her home. The case made national headlines amid speculation Wall's killing may have been related to her prominence in the Jewish community, but White says the stabbing was not motivated by anti-Semitism. Federal regulators have approved expanding the use of Eli Lilly's diabetes drug Monjaro to include the treatment of obesity. The FDA's decision furthers the rapid rise of Monjaro and similar acting therapies, Ozempic and Wagovi from Novo Nordisk, that have in months reshaped the treatment of obesity. Lilly will sell the drug under the name ZepBound for chronic weight management. That is getting to be a crowded field. Yes. Thank you, Jen. Did you know traditional bed sheets harbor as much bacteria as a toilet seat? The germs in your sheets can cause acne, allergies, stuffy noses, and other gross ailments. Fears, though, that you can put to bed with Miracle-Made bed sheets. Miracle-Made uses silver-infused fabrics inspired by NASA that are thermoregulating to keep you at a perfect temperature all night. Miracle-Made is self-cleaning, self-cooling, luxurious, eco-friendly bedding designed to protect your skin for more restorative rest. My wife and I love them. Now, my listeners can have a clean night's sleep while saving over 40% and sleep cool all summer and warm all winter. The website, trymiracle.com slash Gordon. Claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% at checkout. Miracle-made products are backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Again, the website, trymiracle.com slash Gordon. Trymiracle.com slash Gordon to save big. You can sleep cool, comfy, and clean. Miracle-made bedding, NASA-inspired for out-of-this-world comfort. Sleep clean with Miracle. Thanks for joining us. Las Vegas is gearing up to host the Formula One Grand Prix next weekend. Prep work is causing traffic nightmares and blocking views. Here's Jacob Passy at the Wall Street Journal. Jacob, what's going on? Yeah, so there's been months and months of preparation for for this year's race. It's the first one that they're doing with this new Grand Prix. Um, And so, you know, if you have visited Vegas anytime, pretty much in the past six months, you have encountered construction. The race uh, uniquely is going down the strip it's not on a race you know it's not on a dedicated racetrack it's it's actually driving through the streets of vegas it's going to drive down the heart of the strip las vegas boulevard and a lot of the side streets and so there's been repaving work uh construction work to set up lighting structures grandstands all that good stuff all right first things first what kind of views have been blocked yeah so uh one thing that that's definitely uh a a, a Sore subject among folks who have recently visited uh, Sin City is the fact that you can't see the Bellagio fountains from the strip. So you can still see the Bellagio fountains if you go to the Bellagio, you know, see them from the other side. But the view of the fountains in, fr- you know, where you can also see the Bellagio itself is blocked. Wow. And this could be a thing like uh, almost every fall now, given this contract. Yeah. So they're definitely going to be doing it for the next three years. Um, So far, they have agreements in place that could see it extended up to 10 years. And, you know, depending on how successful it is for the city and for for uh, Formula One itself, um, you know, we, we might see it even longer than that. And and to be clear, some of the construction that happened this year won't be happening in the future, but things a lot of the structures built for the race are temporary. So they're going to come up and down each year that this race is hosted. And so that's why, you know, these fall months are now becoming bigger question marks because it's not clear, you know, to what extent 
this is going to, you know, become an ongoing headache for people. Wow. We're speaking with Jacob Passy, travel reporter at The Wall Street Journal. He's written a piece about how preparation for the Formula One event in Las Vegas has made things difficult for visitors. Um, you referenced, too, that even like detours you might normally take to get around this don't even serve as detours that much. That was one of the biggest headaches. I actually was in Vegas a couple of weeks ago, which helped inspire this story. And practically every Uber driver I had was complaining because uh, typically, you know, on a normal day in Vegas, drivers, taxi drivers, Uber drivers try to avoid actually driving down Las Vegas Boulevard, down the strip itself as much as possible because it's naturally more crowded and there's more traffic there. So they go on side streets, but because of the route of the race, the race, the bulk of the race goes down the strip, but it also goes down other streets, uh, Flamingo, Sands Avenue, Koval Lane, you know, these other streets around the Strip um, are also part of the loop. Thanks, Jacob. Jacob Passy, travel reporter at the Wall Street Journal. 30 minutes now after the hour on This Morning, America's First News. Aging is a journey that can gather some unwanted passengers, namely those senescent or zombie cells. Hi, it's Gordon Deal, and I used to feel that sluggish middle-aged mood, those aches after workouts. I could practically feel those old cells just taking up space, bogging me down. Then I found Qualia Senolytic. Think of it as giving your body a little spring cleaning, pruning away the worn-out cells, and letting the lively ones shine. And you only take it two days a month. Crafted with vegan, gluten-free, non-GMO ingredients. Plus, with a 100-day money-back guarantee, you've got a risk-free journey to rejuvenation. Resist aging at the cellular level. Try Qualia Senolytic. Go to neurohacker.com slash Gordon for up to $100 off and use code Gordon at checkout for an additional 15% off. That's neurohacker.com slash Gordon for an extra 15% off. Thanks to Neurohacker for sponsoring today's show. Neurohacker.com slash Gordon. The top national stories with the context to make sense of it all. This is America's First News This Morning with Gordon Deal. Thanks for spending time with us and welcome into Thursday, November 9. Gordon Deal with Jennifer Koshenka. Some of our top stories and headlines. Nikki Haley, the target during the latest presidential debate. U.S. airstrikes on a weapons warehouse in Syria in response to repeated attacks on American troops. Actors reach a deal with studios and streamers. The Walmart Black Friday sale is live. Promotions abound for National Fried Chicken Sandwich Day today. Laney Wilson, Entertainer of the Year at the CMAs. Panthers and Bears in Thursday Night Football. And the Strangers inviting you to Thanksgiving dinner. That story in about 20 minutes. One of the most revealing debates in the Republican Party is one that has disappeared from the campaign trail, and that's the fight over repealing Obamacare. This presidential election marks the first time in more than a decade in which no GOP candidates are pledging to eviscerate the landmark Affordable Care Act. It's a story by Stephanie Armour, health policy reporter at The Wall Street Journal. Stephanie, take us through it. What you'll really notice is for the past decade, the front and center issue for Republicans has been the ACA in the elections. And what we've noticed um, in the current election is that nobody is talking about ACA repeal anymore. Um, it's just not a huge part of the party platform the way it has been for the past decade. And that's that's really a significant shift, um, at least when it comes to, um, you know, voters and, and what you're, the kind of campaign 
slogans that you're hearing, um, it's it's a lot different than in than in the past ten years. So you brought up an interesting point in in a certain way by saying the debate is settled. Americans want government help. Um, what what's made it that way? I almost feel like well, it you know it's, it's like it's 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 the system that lawmakers have made to a certain extent, uh, and we're fighting for survival with these health care bills sometimes. Well, yes and no. I think what's happened is if you look at a lot of the, the data, because we went and we did some po- look at some polls that were out there, you find that the majority of Americans have a favorable view right now of the Affordable Care Act, and you also find that. Um, Americans are uh, increasingly supportive of a government role for health care. That is, however, different than, I think, Republican candidates. Republican candidates still are very much opposed to the ACA, but I think that after the kind of drubbing that they took when they tried to repeal the ACA has made them very reticent to once again wade into a wholesale repeal effort. Um, it, it cost them a lot of seats uh, in the election, so I think that there's still uh, uh, not a lot of enthusiasm for the ACA among Republican candidates, but they're not putting forth any other policy proposals. They're not um, going out and saying we're going to wholesale try and repeal this again. Um, and that, again, is, is a real shift. Mm. We're speaking with Stephanie Armour, health policy reporter at The Wall Street Journal. Her story is called Why Republicans Abandoned Their Fight to Repeal Obamacare. I think part of it, too, was that there was never an alternative that was floated that all Republicans got behind. So it's one thing to Mm -hmm. repeal or cancel, but to to not have a replacement seemed to be problematic, at least from a messaging standpoint from where I sit. Right. And the kind of the replacement plans that they were looking at um, led to uh, quite a would have led to quite a spike in the uninsured based on CBO reporting and some other data. So I think their ability to put together something else um, that wouldn't be quite um, so um, difficult for uninsured really was hampered. And they're, they're still kind of struggling to coalesce around healthcare policy at this point. Um, a lot of their, a lot of the Republicans approach has been to kind of be in opposition to what Democrats are putting out on healthcare policy. And there's not really anything for them to be in opposition about right now. So instead they're looking at things like more price transparency, um, more competition in the markets, um, health savings accounts, those kinds of things. But none of those are sort of a sweeping proposal the way you saw it during the previous elections. Mm. Uh, You said, too, uh, embracing a repeal law now could be very problematic on the campaign trail. Yeah, I I think Republicans just do not want to go there. And some of the um, individuals that I spoke with uh, from campaigns were saying, like, look, if there is to be any kind of a repeal effort, it would be incremental. It would be here or there. There's no interest um, in taking on the whole thing again at this point. And it's it's really also because the law has, at least among Americans, become so popular, especially among Democrats. But I mean, it's got more than a 50 percent approval rating at this point. and it actually got more popular when they attempted to um, repeal it. Yeah. What would, I mean, what, what would, you referenced it. Some of the most haggled over provisions were what? Uh, one of them was Medicaid expansion. That was uh, a, a number of Republican holdout states have, uh, were not going to expand Medicaid in their states. And you're seeing that gradually evolve. But, um, you know, you're seeing that's that's been increasingly embraced uh, even by um states that were initially opposed. And that's one of the reasons, in fact, that the uninsured rate um, didn't plummet when we had the COVID pandemic. 
Thanks, Stephanie. Stephanie Armour, health policy reporter at The Wall Street Journal. Coming up next, the bizarre and exotic new pizza topping at Pizza Hut. Today's mic drop is brought to you by Dell. For your small business needs, call a Dell Technologies advisor today at 877-ASK-DELL. Thanks for being with us. Welcome into Friday Eve. It is time now for the mic drop with this morning's Mike Gavin. Good morning. Well, what do you get when you team up an American pizza company with a century-old Hong Kong restaurant? Apparently, you get snakes on a pizza. Pizza Hut is now offering this up as an option in Hong Kong, hoping to generate online buzz by replicating the flavors of a snake stew popular among some diners in Hong Kong and southern China. The new pizza includes shredded snake meat, black mushrooms, and Chinese dried ham. Snake is typically enjoyed in the colder months and is also believed to have medicinal properties, improving skin conditions and warming up the body. In a statement, Pizza Hut said that paired with cheese and diced chicken, the snake meat becomes richer in taste, adding that nourishing meat can boost blood circulation and that combined with pizza, it marks a breakthrough from the conventional concept of what maintaining good health means while challenging one's taste buds. Mm. CNN sampled the pizza and found that the snake, not surprisingly, tastes like chicken. That's what they came up with. <laughs> I mean, that's that's what you hear a lot, right? Just, with these exotic you know, meats, most of the time they they kind of taste like chicken. Everything kind of tastes like chicken. That's just it's such an unimaginative description from CNN <laughs> okay. about what it tastes like. Well, I mean, that if that's, that, the if best that's what got. it tastes like, that's what it tastes like. Does you want to make something up? Chicken, <laughs> poultry? What do you want? What, what would you like to say? You uh, <laughs> tell me like a reptile. Taste the same as a bird. Well, that's what happens though with these I, exotic uh, meats. When people try these exotic meats, it's kind of a joke. A lot of a lot of times, people have these exotic meats and they say it tastes like chicken. I understand that. Right. I just feel like this. It's <laughs> shredded snake meat. Like right. we just need a little more of a descriptive effort in this case. Yeah, I, I understand. It's snake meat on a pizza. Yeah. I gotta say, I was repulsed by the idea of snake meat at first, but they did a great job of selling it, didn't they? Talking oh, about yes. all the medicinal purposes yes, and yes. how tasty it is. Yes. I don't know. I'm, I'm not gonna probably have it, but I, uh, I wouldn't. You know, wouldn't dismiss it outright. I just Googled right now flights from Newark to Hong Kong. Oh, yeah. To see what we come up with. Looks like uh, Expedia's got something for about 752 bucks. Go there for lunch. Yeah. Not sure it's worth it. Test out the snake pizza. <laughs> you, know, you know, Dave Portnoy would do a good review yes. of shredded snake meat on a pizza. Uh, yeah, I can only imagine. So, it's got to be crispy, though. We'll, we'll, you got to have, have crispy crust or else it's <laughs> okay. not going to work. Good. <laughs> and if you've been storing your leftover snake pizza or just had some milk go sour, you might be dealing with some unsavory smells lingering in your refrigerator. No worries, just break out the toilet paper. Several TikTokers have gone viral touting the benefits of putting toilet paper in your fridge as a way to get rid of odors. While it may not be the most appetizing sight, the bath tissue absorbs the moisture in the air that can contribute to mold, mildew, and foul smells. Baking soda also does the trick and can last longer in the fridge before being changed out, but the TP will do in a pinch. Parade Magazine recommends using a fresh roll, placing it in the back of the fridge away from anything that could leak, and then throwing away the roll after three weeks. Don't try to save money and reuse it in the bathroom. Oh, well, that was my follow-up. Yeah. That's a no-go? I mean, my guess is that does not smell good, number one. It smells right. even worse than it normally would in the Maybe. bathroom when you've been you know, soaking up all the smells from your refrigerator yeah. for three weeks. I'm just curious about the uh, the guidance here from Parade Magazine, which says <laughs> yes. it recommends using a fresh roll. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what other roll of toilet paper is there? I mean, I guess you can use your imagination, but uh, that, f- that's the type of roll you don't want it. And a fresh roll. Anywhere near there, yeah. A fresh roll of toilet paper. Right out of the okay. package, Gordon. Thank and you, that Parade. That's been stale sitting well, around for a while. We've gotten some great guidance this morning from the likes of <laughs> CNN and Parade Magazine. Thank you, Mike. 13 minutes in front of the hour. 
Dell's Black Friday event is their biggest sale of the year. Shop limited-time deals on laptops like the stylish, innovative XPS 13, engineered to do it all on the Intel Evo platform. Plus, save big on ultra-sharp monitors and top-brand accessories. Shop now at dell.com deals to take advantage of huge savings and free shipping. Again, that's dell.com deals. Cutting through the clutter to bring you the people and stories that matter to you. You're listening to America's First News this morning with Gordon Deal. Thanks for spending time with us. Welcome to Thursday. Deer season is here. And while that may be of particular interest to hunters, it should also be of interest to drivers. So what do you do if you hit a deer with your car and what can you do to avoid hitting them? USA Today has some tips. The best way to avoid hitting a deer is to remain diligent, spotting a deer before it's too late is the best way, obviously, to avoid a collision. Additionally, drivers should, one, scan the road. Two, use high-beam headlights, which help spot animals' reflective eyes. And three, be cautious at dawn and dusk, when deer are generally most active. If you hit a deer, four things to keep in mind. One, move off the road. That keeps other drivers and you safe. Turn on your hazards. Move out of traffic. If your vehicle is inoperable, try your best to get it in a safe spot. You also want to report if the deer is on the road. And then, of course, assess damage to your vehicle in case you file a claim. Eight minutes now in front of the hour on this morning. Once again, here's Jennifer Koshenka. And now, the three big things you need to know. Number one. Nikki Haley, who has shown momentum in recent weeks, came under sustained attack in last night's Republican presidential primary debate as she competes with Ron DeSantis to be the leading alternative to former President Trump. She also took shots from Vivek Ramaswamy. Do you want a leader from a different generation who's going to put this country first? Or do you want Dick Cheney in three-inch heels? After an opening question that asked candidates to make a case against Trump, who skipped the event... The debate centered on testy exchanges between those on stage. Number two. The U.S. continues to call for limits on Israel's control over Gaza after its war with Hamas, sending a public message to Israeli officials about expectations for an expansive Palestinian role there. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby. It's certainly plausible that for at least some period of time, Israeli Defense Forces are still going to be in Gaza um, to manage the immediate aftermath and the security situation. But that Nothing's changed about our view. That shouldn't be the long-term solution. Senior U.S. officials called for the Palestinian people to be at the center of the governance in Gaza, unified with the West Bank under the Palestinian Authority. Number three. Ivanka Trump said in sworn testimony Wednesday she had a foggy recollection of her role in negotiating hundreds of millions of dollars in loans at the center of the New York fraud case against her father and his business empire. Ivanka served as an executive vice president at the Trump Organization until 2017 before becoming a presidential advisor in his administration. She became the fourth Trump family member to testify in the civil trial in Manhattan. There is hope for those of us who live and sleep in the real world. Getting less than eight hours of shut-eye a night doesn't mean you're doomed to an early grave. A recent study looking at sleep and longevity found that sleep regularity, going to bed and waking up at consistent times with few mid-slumber interruptions, matters more than how long you sleep. Sleeping six hours every night on a consistent schedule was associated with a lower risk of early death than sleeping eight hours with very irregular habits. I always like those studies that say maintain the same sleep schedule even on weekends. 
Like, I know, like you couldn't, like we, like, like we get up at two a.m. on Saturday. Yeah, let me just set my alarm for two a.m. No. Call my friends and get together for an early <laughs> breakfast. Thanks, Jen. Glad you're with us. A text message mix-up led to a new Thanksgiving tradition for Wanda Dench and Jamal Hinton. You probably know this story. They met in 2016 after Ms. Dench tried to write her grandson about their holiday plans without realizing he had changed his phone number. Mr. Hinton, a teenager she never met, got the message instead. After he jokingly asked if he could join anyway, Ms. Dench welcomed him. They became fast friends. The two have shared every Thanksgiving for the past six years. So the story's gone viral, right? And this year, they're inviting other new friends to join. Ms. Dench will open her home in Prescott, Arizona to guests on Airbnb for a one-night stay this month where they get to join the pair for their Thanksgiving dinner. The stay will take place November 20th and is good for up to two people. Prospective guests can request to book on Airbnb's website beginning next Tuesday. The stay will cost 16 bucks, corresponding with the year the two met. That'll do it for this hour. For Jennifer Koshenka and Mike Gavin, I'm Gordon Deal. Thanks for listening to This Morning, America's First News.